everybody. Welcome to the Bourbon Showdown podcast. My name is Jesse Jones, and we have an amazing episode for you today. We have Mr. Wright Thompson, author of the new book, Pappy Land. It came out November 10th, and it is already a New York Times bestselling book, and we are so happy to have him on the program today. He's going to walk us through why he wrote the book, what it was like to hang out with the Pappy Van Winkle family, uh, some of the philanthropy endeavors that he has done to help bars and restaurateurs during COVID-19. He really is a great guy and just a wealth of bourbon knowledge. It was wonderful talking to him. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, So sit back, relax, enjoy the rest of this music by the Will Jones Band, and we're going to get started with the Bourbon Showdown podcast right now. This is Wright Thompson. Enjoy the show, everybody. Okay, let's get started. Uh, thank you for fitting me in. I know this week's got to be just ridiculously busy for you right now. No, no, thank you for your interest. I really appreciate it. Well, I mean, you've really tapped into something that a lot of people are interested in right now. Uh, I wanted to start a little bit just by talking about you a little bit. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Where, where did you get started? Uh, well, I'm originally from Clarksdale, Mississippi. I worked for a bunch of different newspapers. I worked for the newspaper in New Orleans and then the newspaper in Kansas City. And then for the last 15 years, I've worked for ESPN, where I still work. That's awesome. So did you always know you wanted to be in sports writing? Like, was that what you set out to do? I mean, it's funny now to think about, but I was randomly assigned to the sports section at the college newspaper. I mean, originally I wanted to write about music, uh, but I have, uh, that was 20 something years ago. I feel like I'm a sports writer now, you know, you, <laughs> I, th- I think, I think the die has been cast. So, uh, uh, you know, I, but I really enjoy it. And, you know, it was interesting because I didn't, you know, so much of the reason we love sports are because of the sense of community it brings and how it uh, connects us to and reminds us of our family and our home. And those themes felt very present in people's interest in bourbon, you know, and I think that, you know, the word nostalgia comes from the Greek words for home and pain. And I sort of feel like that's perfect when you think about bourbon. Almost definitely. And, uh, you know, and like, I think that like, we like, but the people who like bourbon in many cases like it because it has those properties of a time machine and certainly sees it like that. Uh, that uh, one of the things I found writing the book is that Julian definitely sees it as a time machine. Right. And, and how did that come about? Like, um, how, how did you, I, I completely get the correlation between sports and bourbon. The sense of community is a hundred percent correct. I think a lot of the things I think the way that it has uh, garnered so much attention in the social media landscape is specifically from uh, that community and the fact that you can go out and kind of go bourbon hunting with people and yeah. look for things that you can share with them online. Uh, so I get how the interest fell there. Uh, how did it come together in terms of like you were able to not only procure the unicorn that is Pappy Van Winkle, you took it a step further and and wrote a book about the family and got to see and meet and learn about them with them. Like I saw your uh, your CBS Sunday morning and you're right there. Like you're in the house drinking Pappy with Pappy. 
it's pretty interesting. I, I, I spent a lot of time with them. I mean, they're stuck with me now. Uh, I, I feel like I'm an honorary Van Winkle. <laughs> they, they're not going to get rid of me. Uh, but it was interesting in that, you know, all of Julian's kids and his sister Sally and his wife Sissy all have read the book now and said uh, that they learned things about him they didn't know. And so, I mean, he's a really private guy. I mean, the reason is this book is really late. You know, I had a collection of stories that came out last year called The Cost of These Dreams. And I mean, that came out in the middle of all of this just because like this book just wasn't finished. Because like Julian is just a nut to crack. And so, you know, I bet if I talked to him for four years, I bet the first, I bet I, all the stuff in the book is from the last 18 months. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just hanging around and hanging around. And uh, it takes a while, I think, for Julian to trust you. Uh, and so wow. it's interesting, like, it's really unvarnished and unplugged. Like, that's the guy on the page. So I'm very pleased about that, that, uh, yes, I got to ride shotgun with the Van Winkle family, but hopefully if you read the book you get to do that too most definitely and i think that's the uh that's what everybody's hoping for i know it comes out tomorrow right it comes out tomorrow and uh you know one of the coolest parts about this is you know i got to drink a lot of really rare bourbon too in this book like 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 really crazy shit you know right right white dog from the 60s and 70s off of the stitzel weller still and like that's awesome you know just like just crazy shit and uh but what was really interesting is i wanted somehow for other people to be able to get it and not just have to pay through the nose so we're actually uh, we're raffling off nine bottles uh this week oh that's awesome and how would somebody get involved with the raffle if you go to writethompson.com all the events are listed they're virtual events with three different bookstores you buy a raffle ticket you get a book a q a with me and julian we're going to do three different virtual events uh donation to a great charity and we are raffling off a bottle of 10 a bottle of 15 and a bottle of 20 at each one of them oh that's fantastic and the money goes to a good cause which makes it even better yeah, so like, and we're actually, you know, I'm sure you know this, but bars and restaurants and small businesses have been hit really hard during COVID. Like, real, and so this is the Lee Initiative uh, Restaurant Workers Fund. So all those bartenders and barbacks and folks in the dish pit and folks that work the line at the bars and restaurants that you love and that give you a sense of community. This is about trying to make sure that they are uh, they are good to go once we all are back out in the world again so i'm real pleased we're raising real money for them uh it's balancing my karma is what i've been telling everybody i've done a lot of terrible shit so i'm trying to get back to zero <laughs> i hear that and uh i i'm a comic so i completely understand what every club and every restaurant and every bar is going through right now well then you get well then, well, then you 100 get it i mean there's a whole ecosystem of places that you've gotten to know very well in your travels around America that are struck with great people with really great people. I mean, I'm a sports writer, so I'm not a comic, but I am on the road like that. I mean, I've been on the road at least 180 days a year for 20 years, some years 240, 250. And so there are all these places all over the country that I've tried to check on mm -hmm. because they come to be homes away from home. And I mean, that idea is something like I really explore in the book. I mean, this idea of why, we find community from bars and restaurants and why the idea of bourbon gives us such community. And, uh, you know, it, it, 
those things are definitely true. I mean, there's something about the community and culture of bourbon that uh, I find that, that makes you feel at home. Plus this year, I think so many people have been affected by what we've had going on, but those that have not been affected can seemingly turn a blind eye to the ones that have been in terms of your bars and restaurants and clubs and everything that they appreciated prior to March. They may not be there when this is over if there is not some light shined on it so that people can see that they do need help and that there is a, a, a reason for their existence and that it should receive the help that it needs. I mean, I just found out uh, one of my favorite places in the world, the Stockman in Livingston, Montana, which is just sort of an old school saloon and steakhouse, like one of those places for ranchers. They got prime rib on Friday night. It closed during COVID. I just found that out. It didn't make it. I mean, there are a lot of places that we love that aren't going to be there. And so, uh, you know, try to win a bottle of Pappy, rightthompson.com is all the info. But also, it's a real good cause. So if you, even if you lose, you sort of didn't lose. And you can, oh, completely. Uh, and you can grill Julian about whatever you want. I'd love to see him <laughs> on the hot seat. It's my favorite to see him on the hot seat. It makes me laugh. Oh, most definitely. I, I could only imagine because uh, from what I've read about him and what you've described so far, he, he does have like this mythical persona about him that people, I, I could imagine he would not know what to do if somebody came at him hard. He doesn't strike me as a guy that anybody has shown anything but reverence for in the last 20 years. Oh, yeah, but you got to know that for the the. 50 years before that, people came at him real hard. So, like, he might look like genteel bourbon royalty now, but I wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> I would not dare mess with him. Just just for the simple fact, you're, you're talking karma. I definitely think there's a bourbon karma as well. Why, why would you mess with the patriarch? Well, and also, I mean, he has these three twin daughters who, I mean, I'd rather fight Mike Tyson and his three <laughs> twins at the same time. So uh, they're, they're very protective of their daddy. That's awesome, as they should be. Uh, so speaking of uh, the 50 years prior, uh, could you walk me through a little bit just the Pampy Van Winkle history? Uh, a lot of people only know the high points based off of whatever short blurb they've read or, or video that they've watched. I, I think it's a truly interesting story how it all came together and made its way through Prohibition and everything else. So if you would just maybe uh, educate me a little bit. Sure. Well, you know, so uh, Julian's grandfather, uh, Pappy, uh, they, uh, he opened the Stitzelweller Distillery on Derby Day, 1935. And they're, you know, they were the first people to mass produce aged weeded bourbon whiskey. And, you know, people had made weeded bourbon before. It's an outfit out of Tennessee, and then the Weller brothers had done it. But they were the first ones to really make it like a high-end thing. And so... Uh, they were rolling along. Yeah. Just to clarify, the weeded for those that are listening is instead of uh, going with the heavy rye, they went with the weeded uh, uh, so that it could. Um, I believe it was to make sure it could it could age better. Is that is that correct? But, but it's to age better, but also it was because they were coming out of prohibition, and three year old weeded bourbon tastes better than three-year-old rye bourbon. And so it meant that they could get some stuff out there quickly because they were trying to ramp back up after prohibition. But one of the sort of ancillary benefits is that wheat stands up better to age. And so uh, 
they started doing that and they were rolling along. I mean, as you know, old Fitzgerald was their flagship brand. And in the sixties, people sort of stopped drinking bourbon. You know, there's a, the James Bond effect is real. Like historians talk about people started drinking martinis and, you know, bourbon was something that your dad drank and, you know, your dad liked Eisenhower and, right. you know, fuck your right. dad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, and, uh, and, and they really struggled. And so market share was declining. Julian's aunt uh, and some other members of the family wanted a more, like a bigger return on their investment. And so the Julian's father was forced to sell it and the family lost the distillery, lost it so weller. And uh, his dad started this little label, old Rip Van Winkle out of an office uh, in Louisville. They're still in the same office. And uh, Julian, uh, his father died relatively soon thereafter. And so Julian was left with this whiskey business that was a real, real struggle. I mean, he spent all of his money. He borrowed a bunch of money. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is this year he is finally paying off. The oh, wow. He wow. Took out. That puts it in perspective. So, like people talk about. Yeah. So if people talk about Van Winkle this year, they will finally be in the. Wow. Black. Wow. And. Like, that's how far down in the hole he went. He just was not willing. On a certain level, quitting would have been letting down his father and his grandfather. And so as opposed to the Van Winkle story being one of like a boy king handed this mm-hmm. thing, it really is to me a uh, really intimate personal story of familial redemption. The idea like, right. you know, th- this really got me thinking about my family and i hope it makes readers think about theirs but you know julian considering what does he owe his father and what does he owe his grandfather and conversely what does he owe his children you know i mean they're in the process of a secession plan right now and it those questions are really interesting and drive the narrative of this book well and i think as we all go forward uh with our technology and and the world getting smaller even though it's getting bigger you you have to look backwards uh my family we had a family farm that my great-grandfather lost in the depression and my grandfather went to work at nine years old to pay back the money and get the family farm back and 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 just so I understand completely because that's the thing that is your birthright so pappy is his birthright yeah, you don't ever sell it. We no. have a family farm that's been in our family since 1927, and we made it through the Depression. And, I mean, I'm, I'm heavily involved. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know about farming, but we're having the best soybean crop we've ever had, ever. I mean, we, really? have, yields, we have yields in excess of 100 bushels an acre right now. I mean, it's really crazy. Uh, but anyway, I'm really involved in that, and it's because I would never sell it. No, and no. It, it will, you know, my... It's, and so, uh, I, bourbon is very much a part of that. It fits. Mm-hmm. It fits into whatever whatever sense of responsibility that sort of demands that you not sell something like that. Bourbon is very much part of that ethos to me. Completely agree. It's the heritage of the whole thing that ties back to the community. Uh, it's interesting that soybeans had such a good year because tomatoes did not. Oh, okay. I don't know if it was the. The rain, there was just so much rain that hit the central parts of uh, where we get it from anyway. And there was just, uh, just they all they all kind of rotted early, unfortunately. No, man, we had, we had great soybean and we had great cotton yields, like four and a half bales an acre. It was a really good year. Wow, that's awesome. And, and yeah. soybean, it, 
the the soil that soybean needs is it's like a re, uh, a recovery. Uh, it, it rebuilds the soil, doesn't it? Well, I mean, less so than like like when we landform land, we'll put rice on it. Okay. To do that, to sort of replace some nutrients, uh, you know, uh, you plant soybeans where the where the ground doesn't sustain cotton usually. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. But no, that but we had we had a really 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 good year. That's awesome. It, it's great to hear something good happen this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so you've gone through the history. You you you've collected these stories. Uh, what are you? What are your plans? I'm I'm sure you've got to be on a pretty extensive media tour right now. Yeah, I have like 600 interviews. Oh, I can only imagine. That's why I figured you might want to talk about soybeans for a minute and just leave Pappy alone for a second. 100%. <laughs> so what do you do? Uh, what What's your, when you're not promoting the book and you're not writing sports or writing bourbon, what do you do uh, in your downtime? Like, what do you, what's your day off ritual? Dude, I have three children. I have, sorry, two children ah. under the age of three. Okay, I hear you. I'm right there with you. I've got a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. Yeah, I have a uh, three-year-old and a four-day-old. A four-day-old. Friday, so oh, yeah, congr- three days old. Congratulations. Wow, so you just decided to launch everything in November. Dude, I haven't been to sleep since I woke up Friday morning. Oh, my goodness. That is, oh, man. I, don't, I, I swear, swear to God, I don't even know if I'm making sense right now. <laughs> like, I mean, I, it could go either way. I completely relate, man. I remember the the night my daughter was born, it was, uh, I had just finished, I thought I was going to have the best night ever. I had finished opening for Pops from the Friday films. And he oh, that's good. just the nicest guy in the world. You get to hang out with him afterwards, and he's just the coolest dude. And then I get home three o'clock in the morning. It's February in New York city, just ice everywhere. As soon as my head hits the pillow, her water breaks and boom, we're, we're driving to the hospital with no, uh, no stoplights. Cause the ice had knocked out all the stoplights. I'm going the wrong way around Columbus circle. I'm on the wrong side of the road. So I, I, I feel you, man. When, when it starts, it starts and it doesn't stop. It's hilarious. Like, yeah. Like I got a do rag on. I'm dead hard. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you know, I, my wife's beeped in three times already during this thing, and I'm like, I can't do it. I'm doing this very important bourbon interview, uh, so I can't be a party to whatever shit show's going on back at the house right now. Oh, completely. I remember uh, my wife called me one time, and she's like, "Your son has shit in the floor. I need you to get home as soon as possible." I took my I took as much time as I could possibly figure out to do with before I got home that day. That's smart. I I, I took the route that I knew had traffic. I I, I stopped and, and and bought stuff at the store I didn't need. I was like, no, you don't tell me there's a problem at home and then expect me to get home quicker. You surprised me with that shit at the front door. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That's that was a rookie move by her. You did, you you did exactly. But your answer should be like, what have I ever done that would indicate to you that I would do anything other than what I just did? Right, right, exactly. You, you knew me before you brought that to my attention. Yeah, yeah, like, it, this is on you. Don't put this on me. <laughs> That's the, uh, oh, wow, so you've got, what, your oldest is three, so you've got two three-year-olds and a newborn? No, sorry, I have a three-year-old and a newborn. 
oh, okay, okay. So that's about as spaced out as ours were. We were about three and a half years apart. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel, if that makes you feel any better. I've got two little hellions fighting over peanut butter and jelly and watching ducktails down in the other room. So once they can sustain themselves, it's they're still going to be loud, but at least you can get away from them without having to worry about them depending on you. Uh, that's my favorite. That's so good when they can take care of themselves. Oh, man. I got awoken. You're going to wake up to a lot of uh, weird things. Uh, I got woken up today. My son had made breakfast for both him and his sister and had uh, let the dogs out and had the television on and they were eating quietly, feeding themselves. Wow. Yeah, it was it was I, I, I was like, you didn't make coffee. You're going to go that far? You're not going to got to teach him to make coffee next, I guess. Get him get him to loop me in when he's thinking about people. Yeah, like make some coffee. Like you're come on kid, what do you No, no. Like yeah. don't do you, you 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 can pour cereal. You can pour cereal, but you can't pour water in a bowl. Yeah, don't do half a thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. If you're going to go for it, go all the way. I'd rather get downstairs and find a coffee ground mess than to have just not been considered. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. Well, I I know you're super busy right now. Uh, I wanted to, what, 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 are, what are you drinking? Well, probably nothing right now, but like what before the baby was born, did you have on the shelf? What was your day sipper? Uh, what is there right now? I think right now I've got, uh, uh, huh. Oh, I've got a McKenna 10 year old single barrel that's in my decanter. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Uh, I bought a case of that like three years ago. Uh, from a restaurant that was uh, struggling with cash flow issues. Right, right. So I just so we got a case of it for four hundred dollars. Wow, that's awesome. So me and a friend of mine dropped two honeys each, and each took six bottles. Ah, you can't beat that. That's amazing that it's lasted that long. To tell you the truth, uh, actually, uh, it was in a closet and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way to save whiskey is to forget that you have it. No, one hundred percent. So now I'm. Uh, now there are three bottles left. I found it like two weeks ago. And playing catch up. Yeah, yeah. I've been on that McKenna train hard. That bottled and bond is one of my favorites right now. And it, it, it's weird. I, I feel like, and you get this a lot with Pappy as well. Like once you tell people they can't have it, like McKenna was the easiest thing to find a year ago. And then it won uh, that gold award and they started allocating it. And now you can't find it anywhere and when you do you've got to you can only buy one it, it, it's an interesting thing when you tell people they can't have something it makes them want it more and also just to be real honest i mean i don't want one i mean I, i'm not like i've got to the point now where the only thing i really buy is maker's mark really and that's what that's what that's what's in my decanter that's what i'm drinking i'm not doing some bullshit with a waiting list like, <laughs> i want it now damn it well, I mean, but just like, I'm not, don't over fetishize. Like I just totally. want to put bourbon in my decanter and, and so drink I'm it. Just, That's exactly yeah, right. So I'm just not, you know, every now and then I get some bottles and like, uh, I mean, I've got some really nice stuff that I'll pull out for special occasions, but if I'm just having a Boulevardier or an old fashioned, I'm going to have a whiskey on the rocks. I mean, yep. Maker's Mark is awesome. I mean, that's like, it's, it's pretty it's sort of a miracle, actually, how good it is, considering how available it is and how cheap it is. It didn't his? I don't work. For, I don't work for them, by the way. I, I'm getting nothing. 
No, I, 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 I completely, when, when you like yeah. something, you like something, but that ties back to Pappy too, doesn't it? D didn't uh, the Pappy senior uh, help Mr. Well, help with the wheat build for makers? That, that is the story. And the other story is that it's supposedly the old Stitzel Weller yeast, which is the, right. which is still the, but who knows? I mean, those are, but Bourbon loves an urban legend. Uh, oh, but, it really does. Uh, but, you know, I like weeded bourbon. And so, I mean, I guess that's why that's my go-to for a mm -hmm. decanter. Like, I like that. It's it's delicious. I've I've been on the weeded train a lot lately. Uh, I, I can't get enough of it and just finding different varieties of it. They all bring something else to the table. I thought it was interesting. I was watching something uh online and Julian was talking about how he would use uh Pappy 15 year to make an old fashioned. And I, I could just imagine people hearing that and it, and it hitting their ear like you're, Oh, you're using Pappy 15 year for an old fashioned. But by the way, good whiskey makes good cocktails. And that is true. Uh, that is true. The other thing he does all the time is uh, he makes Van Hattens, which are, uh, made of 15 year old and uh the van winkle rye and oh, i make man. i make those all the time for people that's, like, that's awesome and like i like a cocktail and really good whiskey makes really good cocktails oh no completely agree i wasn't suggesting otherwise i just think it's funny oh, uh, oh, it is funny. Pe people that are are just doing their damnedest to get a drop of the juice and oh. uh they they would you know they waited in a lottery line and 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 did what they could to find it and then to hear that it's oh, so it's hilarious. Uh, no no oh no, man oh it's unbelievable it's just and awesome then, like, and yeah that, that famous 1997 uh 20 year old that got the 99 uh i mean julian because he was having trouble selling it before then like it would just right, sit on right. the shelves so i was like what'd you do with it he goes well i just i had so much of it that like we ended up just making eggnog out of a lot of it that Christmas. Oh, oh my, oh my, wow. That that was some good eggnog. No, and now, like, he can't get happy. It's so funny. CBS Sunday morning came to film at his house, and Julian's sons-in-law just started busting balls because they're like, oh, CBS is here. You get out. <laughs> you break out the good stuff for CBS uh, Sunday morning. Well, I won't keep you much longer. I know you've got a lot to do. Um, Want to make sure that everybody goes out and gets the book Pappy Land, a story of family, fine bourbon, and the things that last. It comes out on November 10th. Uh, it's already a bestseller on Amazon, I, I, I think, and it's coming out in November. I think this thing's going to do freaking huge business over the holidays. Uh, well, you know, that's very kind of you to say. We're very hopeful. I mean, mostly I'm just excited that uh, uh, I'm real proud of it. And so, you know, whatever happens next is great. It seems like it was a complete labor of love. I think that you've uh, tied a lot together in terms of community, and and I agree. I, I think the bourbon community uh, has thrived this year so much because of everything everybody's got going on, and it's been a wonderful way that we can all talk to one another about something that isn't the thing at the front of our minds. So, a hundred percent. I I, I yeah, 100%. cannot wait to read it. I I wish it nothing but the best uh i wish you nothing but the best i i uh appreciate your time today and uh 
you know that you are the envy of all the bourbon drinkers at the moment. Like you, you have uh, attained a uh, 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 Van Winkle friend status, which is uh, that's pretty awesome. Well, look, it was it, they're they're lovely people, so it was nothing but a pleasure. That's phenomenal. Uh, uh, before we go, is there anything that didn't make its way into the book? Any little anecdotes about Mr. Van Winkle that you'd like to share? I mean, I feel like pretty much everything went into the book. I mean, it's uh, he's pretty unvarnished. I mean, as I said before, I mean, his all of his kids and his sister and his wife all learned something about him. And it, I mean, this is this is the guy unvarnished on the page. That's awesome. Well, can't we cannot wait to read it. I'm sure uh, everybody listening can't wait to read it. I want to thank you for your time today, Mr. Wright Thompson. Again, the book is Pappy Land, A Story of Family, Fine Bourbon, and the Things That Last. It comes out November 10th. Pick yourself up a copy. Uh, get yourself some sleep. Probably not going to happen, but please try to. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking <laughs> with you today. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Take care. There you have it, everybody. Today's episode of the Bourbon Showdown podcast. We want to thank Mr. Wright Thompson for being on the show. He was so awesome to fit us into a very busy schedule. He had literally had a baby the Friday before we recorded this episode, and his book came out the day after we recorded this episode. So thank you again for being on the program. It was a delight to talk to you. And your book, Pappy Land, it is blowing up. It is on the Amazon bestseller list. It's on the New York Times bestselling list. So do yourself a favor. If you're listening to this at home and you like bourbon and you like Pappy Van Winkle, go buy yourself the book. If you can't get the bottle, you can at least get the book and and read about how good the family is, how the lineage has uh, progressed through the years. The history of the Van Winkle family is, is, it's amazing. It really is a good read. So go out and buy the book. And while you're doing things that I tell you to, go hit that subscribe button. Uh, Listen to us on Spotify. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us wherever podcasts are podcasts and hit that subscribe button and let us know that you like what we're doing. And uh, if you don't, let me know. Follow us on Instagram. If there's somebody that I've not had on the show yet that's just driving you nuts, send me a message. Tell me to get them on the show, and we'll try our best to do that. So for right now, for Bourbon Showdown, my name's Jesse Jones. We want to thank everybody. We've got another episode next Tuesday. Come on back and listen again. But for right now, let's raise our glasses. Let's kick some asses. This is the Bourbon Showdown podcast. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.